0: yo what is going on everyone my name is nick or the notorious fantasy and in today's video we're going to be going over your week number three running back start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season going over every single game from thursday night football all the way up until the double header on monday night football and telling you guys whether i like or dislike the running backs in all of those games but before we could get into things i would like to ask that if you guys are new to the channel and you do end up enjoying today's video please make sure to hit that subscribe button down below down there whether you are new to the channel or not please make sure you leave a like on today's video it would help me out a ton if you want to follow me on twitter or x please do so at notorious fntsy and if you'd like my weekly rankings as well as any of your questions answered you can take a look at the patreon link in the video description or in the pinned comment for seven dollars and fifty cents a month so without further ado let's get to my week number three running back start or sit decisions for the 2023 fantasy football season We begin with Thursday Night Football, the New York Football Giants at the San Francisco 49ers. Now, I am going to keep this incredibly simple for this game. Obviously, based upon the catastrophe that we had of a doubleheader of Monday Night Football, the fact that Thursday Night Football is the Giants without Saquon Barkley versus the 49ers is incredibly gross. This game has all of the makings of a beatdown. Without Saquon Barkley, who is projected to miss at least two to three weeks. Now, what I read mostly is people saying three weeks. Some people are saying two weeks. Again, I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins. The most recent report I saw was three weeks, so he's definitely missing at least this week. Right, That is very clear. Thursday Night Football, he's not going to be there. And in that case, we are going to see Matt Burita as well as Gary Brightwell be the two backs used by this team. Now, if I had to start one of these running backs, it would be Matt Burita. We have seen Matt Burita be successful in his NFL career, and the 49ers defense got pushed around. They got thrown into a toilet and given a swirly by the LA Rams. Obviously, the 49ers win the game, but the Rams offense played really well up against what is believed to be a strong 49ers. 49ers defense. But at the end of the day, this matchup does still very much scare me. If you had to play Matt Burrito, sure, there are tons of worse options than him, but he's not ideal for me. Neither is Gary Brightwell. Christian McCaffrey is a must-start running back every single week. You don't even have to think twice about it. He's had two straight 100-plus yard performances with one touchdown. This should be yet another 100-plus yard performance with a touchdown on Thursday Night Football in prime time. Next up, we move to the Sunday slate, beginning with the Indianapolis Colts at the Baltimore Ravens. So Zach Moss took over as the lead back for the Colts. Obviously, in week number one, Deion Jackson was a complete and utter fucking disaster. The guy had butterfingers fumbling the ball left and right, and then Zach Moss obviously was not there. He was banged up, but in week number two, he got the nod to be the starter, and this Indianapolis Colts offense was percolating. They were moving the ball very nicely with Anthony Richardson under center. Now, what does Anthony Richardson's health look like to play in week number three? Definitely up in the air right now on Tuesday. As we get later into the week, we will have a much clearer idea on if AR is going to end up playing or not. Now, regardless, I am going to play Zach Moss, but what I will tell you is I am miles more confident in this Colts offense with Anthony Richardson under center compared to Gardner Minshew. I don't think Gardner Minshew is necessarily some bum. If you put Gardner Minshew on the Jets, maybe they would actually be a little bit frisky, but at the end of the day, you want Anthony Richardson there for this offense to succeed. Anthony Richardson was off to a hot start in week number two before he got hurt, and in week number one, he looked good as well. Zach Moss looked amazing up against Houston. He is clearly the starting running back. He was a top 10 running back last week in fantasy football. The Ravens defense definitely is no pushover, but ultimately Zach Moss looked so good that I'm definitely throwing him in my starting lineup. And again, Deion Jackson was complete and utter dog shit in week one, so he is best left on your bench. And until further further notice, right... Until Jonathan Taylor miraculously shows up potentially to be the lead back of the team, I'm rolling Zach Moss out there as a start. Now, for the Baltimore Ravens, after the J.K. Dobbins injury, they go with more of a double or even a triple-headed backfield with Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and Melvin Gordon. If I had to start any of them, it would be Gus Edwards. Now, Justice Hill did out-snap Edwards, but in my opinion, and on the stat sheet, Gus Edwards did more with less now for either of these guys to be successful you probably need a touchdown but if you argued for Gus Edwards over some other running backs that you have on your team let me know in the comment section what you're thinking with these guys but I don't think he's necessarily a terrible start but not ideal same thing goes with Justice Hill because again they still do have Melvin Gordon there next up we got the Atlanta at the Cleveland Browns now I want to say uh, give a actual a moment of silence for my main man nine inch Nicholas Chubb. There you go. There's your moment of silence. I love Nick Chubb, one of my favorite running backs in the NFL. I have been a 9-inch Nicholas Chubb truther for years coming out of Georgia. I have loved Nick Chubb, and seeing that gruesome of an injury in slow motion, Matrix style on Twitter, I almost threw up when I saw that thing. His leg turned into a fucking right angle. It went the complete wrong way. I'm sorry for being graphic, and again, I'm not making fun of any injury. Nick Chubb is one of my favorite players in the NFL, and that hurt me in a big way, and it probably hurt you as well if you had Nick Chubb. Now, we already did the waiver wire video for last night, but spoiler alert, if that was dropped this morning, today, I would put... Jerome Ford as the second best running back ad behind Kyron Williams and you can argue that Jerome Ford should be ahead of Kyron Williams if you have Nick Chubb and you're in a fab league I am dropping a metaphorical deuce of fab on Jerome Ford now there is still some worry in the back of my head that hey maybe the Cleveland Browns reunite with Kareem Hunt maybe they bring in Leonard Fournette But Jerome Ford looked downright incredible last night. Running back six on the week in limited work. Had that huge burst of a run up against a pretty decent Pittsburgh Steelers defense. He took one ball where it looked like he was going to lose seven or eight yards. There's like a million guys around him. And he just fucking swerved through the skirt. Skirted his way around and ran for like 20 yards. On that touchdown that Pierre Strong ultimately scored. That was a huge run from Jerome Ford. He was just gassed, so they couldn't give it to him on the goal line. I think Pierre Strong is live to vulture a touchdown this week up against the Titans, but Jerome Ford looks so good. He is going to be the lead back. Do I expect him to look that incredible week in and week out? Probably not. The Titans defense might be a little bit better than I give them credit for, but I think Jerome Ford is definitely start worthy in this game, but I am starting to worry. Now, this is all kind of off topic for the running backs, but it is a part of the running back. It's a part of Jerome Ford because Deshaun Watson looked like he was fucking seeing ghosts last night in that matchup. I don't know what the hell happened. Week one, it started to look a little positive. Like, hey, I know Deshaun Watson didn't mop the floor in week number one with the Cincinnati Bengals, but he looked good. Or at least not as dog shit as last season. But last night, maybe he let the liquor talk like the Morgan Wallen song. Maybe he was drunk. He didn't have a good game. And obviously, that one interception wasn't really his fault, the pick six to start off the game. But I'm a little, I'm starting to worry because I was kind of all in, not all in, but I was starting to really hype up. Deshaun Watson in the offseason I'm starting to worry I'm gonna be honest with you Derrick Henry is a must start every single week another guy where you don't have to think twice about it he has yet to crack the top 12 fantasy running backs yet in PPR but he's had both of his games be top 14 looks solid to me obviously the Titans are a very weird team just as a whole they somehow beat the Chargers they lose to a Saints team that moves the rock at the speed that old people fuck so I think Derrick Henry is going to be fine but again that Titans team is just really weird next up we got the Atlanta Falcons at the Detroit Lions now I am going to send a prayer to the football gods to Dan Campbell to run the rock with Jameer Gibbs David Montgomery should be out with a thigh injury now initially it was one of those where you're looking at Montgomery you're reading stuff on Twitter or X you're watching the video of the injury on Twitter so you're watching an X video of this it's like oh shit That doesn't look good. I'm looking at what the Twitter doctors are saying. Like, oh, wow, this doesn't look great. Now, again, I say this all the time. I'm as much of a doctor as Johnny Sins, but it didn't seem great. But now they're saying he's day-to-day. So maybe this isn't like a substantial IR spot for David Montgomery, but it does suck. It did really seem like while I was a Jameer Gibbs truther that David Montgomery was still going to have a strong role in this offense. Now... Jameer Gibbs got a huge target boost last week. In week one against the Chiefs, two targets last week in that game up against the Seattle Seahawks. The thriller, like the Michael Jackson song, (laughs) hee-hee. Nine targets for two to nine up against Seattle. Very good. Very nice. I like. Let's see it keep going. I was shocked that Jameer Gibbs, after Montgomery went down, we are seeing fucking Craig Reynolds in the game. Why is Craig Reynolds even near the field? when Jameer Gibbs is healthy. But now is the time to shine. Now is the time for the flag plant of Jameer Gibbs to go into the ground. Now I do genuinely believe that the Atlanta Falcons defense is sneaky good, but without David Montgomery, we better see a shit ton of Jameer Gibbs in this spot. For the Falcons, Tyler Algier in week number one goes basically nuclear. Week number two, a little quiet, silent like the night when Santa Claus shows up, but he's had two straight weeks of over 15 carries. So he's a back-end RB2 Solid RB3 option, right? So again, nothing crazy out of Algier, but you know deep down, like Bijan Robinson could throw someone into the shadow realm with a stiff arm, jump over someone, run 99 yards, fall half of a centimeter, a micro penis away from the goal line, and then tag in Tyler Algier and he gets the touchdown. But Bijan Robinson in week number two. Now week one, he looked good. In week number two, he looked even better. I know there was a lot of detractors of Bijan Robinson in the offseason. Some of you guys might be in the comments now. Like, wow, Nick was right. Now, again, I'm not claiming to be Albert Einstein. Basically, everyone and their mom knew Bijan was going to be in a great role. Arthur Smith loves to run the rock, but some people were a little bit pessimistic. They were scared to draft a rookie running back in the first round of fantasy football drafts. Now, again, I'm not victory lapping in week number three, right? The week three games haven't been played yet, but Looking like uh, old St. Nick here was correct about Bijan Robinson. Moving to the next game here, the New Orleans Saints at the Green Bay Packers. Now, Jamal Williams does miss a majority of the game up against the Panthers last night with a hamstring injury. We right now have zero idea on the severity of that injury. If he plays against the Packers, I guess I would start him. But like, he hasn't looked good in the first two games. He is just, like, more start-worthy to me than, like, Gus Edwards because I just feel a little bit stronger about the role that Jamal Williams has. The Saints might just be fraudulent. Like, they looked like dog shit in week number two. Like, up against a bad Panthers team, they just didn't look good. Now, the offense was all right at times, but it's just, like, Derek Carr misses wide-open guys. Like, I bet Michael Thomas' first touchdown, and there was twice in that game where Michael Thomas is butt-booty-naked open just ready for the rock and it just doesn't come or it's thrown off to the side. It's like, please, Derek Carr, fix this because this Saints offense has a lot of weapons. It's got a lot of guys. They're about to have Alvin Kamara back very, very soon. They've got Michael Thomas, who looks back. They've got Chris Olave. They've got Taysom Hill, the ultimate weapon, right? They've got also Juwan Johnson. They have Amshathid Rashid Shaheed. They've got a lot of players hope Derek Carr can wake up Tony Jones Jr probably gonna be the lead back I would think if Jamal Williams doesn't play but Kendra Miller might also shove his nose up in there and end up being the lead back I was a Kendra Miller truther all offseason haven't seen him play yet maybe now is his time to shine but Saints running back core until Kamara shows up I was so down on Alvin Kamara I'm gonna look so stupid because Jamal Williams Kendra Miller hasn't even played like Like, it's so clear that Alvin Kamara is going to be the workhorse back. I really thought Jamal Williams was going to cuck him out of, like, some goal line work. Alvin Kamara is going to end up as, like, a top 12 running back. And I'm going to look like a fucking idiot. And people are going to be in the comment section. Nick, you dumbass. You told me to fade Alvin Kamara. I didn't think Jamal Williams would look this bad. Uh, A.A. Ron Jones also dealing with injury from week one. Obviously didn't come back towards the end of that game. He absolutely Cleveland steamered the defense in that one. Misses week two. A.J. Dillon gets the nod and just doesn't look great. If Aaron Jones doesn't play, though, I will give the quadzilla A.J. Dillon a second crack at things. Moving to the next game here, we have the Houston Texans at the Jacksonville Jaguars. A AFC division rivalry matchup. Now, I have a lot to say about Damian Pierce. Before I do that, though, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button if you have enjoyed. Now, if you are watching in the off season, I was basically given some Suka the gawk gawk 9,000 to Damian Pierce. I was basically cupping both of his balls with my hands. I was talking about how I loved Damian Pierce last year. I called it in the NFL draft. Once he got drafted to Texans, I said, that Damian Pierce was going to be dominant, Fifty Shades of Grey style in the NFL. He looked great. The offensive line, shit. Davis Money Mills, long neck garbage. But Damian Pierce prevails. But right now, even though CJ Stroud looks good with an offensive line that is a sieve, the offensive line is terrible. Damian Pierce just hasn't looked good, too. I would say downright awful games in a row. But, and this is a big but, shout out to... We got to give out a different shout-out. I give out a different shout-out every single time. Shout-out to Mia Khalifa. But with how gross the butt there is how gross the running backs are, he's still a back-end RB2, high-end RB3 start. I don't think the Jacksonville defense is that amazing. Now, I do like them to stream on the week because the streaming defenses are down bad. The offensive line sucks. So, like, We're going to see hits on Stroud. We're going to get Damian Pierce tackles for losses. Again, I still believe in Damian Pierce, but this season might just be chalked because he's not catching as many passes as I thought he would, and the offensive line is so bad. I've been saying prayers to the football gods above to help my man Damian Pierce, but it's starting to look like a lost cause. I am not fully out on Damian Pierce. I'm not cutting him. But, man, oh, man, I hope the offensive line looks better because I think Damian Pierce has the talent to be a top-12 fantasy back. Travis at the end. Now, I was off of Travis Etienne in the offseason. I wasn't completely off the ship, right? I still said, hey, if you want to draft him, draft him. But I'm a little bit worried about this guy named Tank Bigsby who they drafted out of Auburn. I think that Tank Bigsby could cut a roll into that offense, right? Just like they cut a wall Uh, a hole into that wall that the poster was in front of in that movie with Andy Dufresne, where he crawls through two football fields worth of shit. You know what I'm talking about, right? But man, oh man, Tank Bigsby hasn't been getting the touches. Tank last week, 19% of the snaps, ETN 72%. So while I was a big Tank guy, and while I think if he does get a grasp, a stranglehold of the touches, he is going to do beautiful things, Chef's kiss Manu week, but right now That doesn't look like the case It seems like we're going to need an ETN injury for that to happen Knock on wood, we don't root for injuries though So I don't want that to happen But if Tank was to succeed, we probably need that And ETN's been getting all the touches He had a down game in week number two But he looked real good in week one The Jags offense as a whole kind of shit the bed Against the Chiefs, I know a lot of people The popular pick was the Jags last week Against the Chiefs, I told you guys it was It's a trap, right, don't fucking Do that, it's a trap game Everyone thinks the Chiefs are awful. The Chiefs are going to win, and they do. So... Travis Etienne, bounce back game. Damian Pierce, I'm hoping for a bounce back, but things are starting to look grim again. He's not an ideal start. Devin Singletary, I wouldn't even wipe my ass with Devin Singletary, so he is a sit for me as well. Next game here, we got the Denver Broncos at my Miami Dolphins. I'm rocking my Dolphins hat. You can see the little logo here, and in the background, it's a little dark. We got Dan Marino back there, as well as the Dolphins logo that my beautiful fiance painted me. Denver Broncos, at the Miami Dolphins. Now, I don't think I've ever seen a game where there was so much luck for Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson threw a ball at the end of the game, a Hail Mary, basically closes his eyes, says, fuck it, someone's out there, the receivers are out there somewhere, throws a missile, they're play volleyball with the football, just going up and down, up and down, and then, bam, touchdown. Right? The Broncos, it felt like the commander should have rolled them up like a blunt and smoked them. It felt like the Broncos were just getting teabagged by Sam Howell, Eric Biannimi, and the Washington left hands up, who are we the commanders? But it ends up being a very close game. Uh, Javante Williams, I'm starting him. I'm starting to realize that maybe Sean Payton, his ideology in the past in as a New Orleans Saints head coach of, hey, you know, we've got this guy at running back, but we still want to work in the RB two. That just really hasn't been the case, even with Javante Williams coming into the season banged up. We just haven't really seen a lot out of P. Ryan. Now, I think if P. Ryan was ever given the chance to be the guy there, he would be pretty successful for fantasy. But right now, Javante's the guy. I'm still waiting on him to get ramped up a little bit more. He's getting around 12 carries a game, getting a couple of dump-offs, which is great, right, seeing him get that receiving workload. But I think eventually we are going to get to the point where, regardless of how the Broncos are performing, I think they have a good enough offensive line to even if Russell Wilson is... Uh, Not cooking up a five-star meal. He's cooking up some fucking ramen noodles in a dorm room. Javante Williams is still going to be fine. Right now, while we're waiting for the ramp up of touches, though, he's like a lock to be a top 30 running back. Going to get three-ish targets a game, 12-plus touches. I'm not screaming to the mountaintops for Javante Williams now. Why I like Javante Williams somewhat in the draft process was, at some point, this guy's going to get the touches. At some point, he's going to become the workhorse. And once that does happen, once they really ramp him up, I think he could be really successful. Maybe it's this week against the Dolphins. The Dolphins' run defense looked a little bit better against the Patriots. The defense as a whole looked way better than week one where Justin Herbert uh, kind of bent us over table. But we still won that game. So fuck Justin Herbert and the Chargers. Dolphins on top, 2-0, and uh, 2-0, but I think Javante has a pretty decent game. Salvin Ahmed, or Ahmed. I've heard people call him different things. It seems like Salvin Ahmed is the way to say it, so that's just how I've been going with it. Again, if you guys have been following me for a while, if you haven't, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, but you know I'm notoriously bad with names. Uh, Salvin Ahmed suffered a groin injury in Week 2. If he misses, then we'll probably see A-Chain a little bit more. Didn't see him much in Week 2, but he was actually active, which was nice. We'll see how things go with Salvin Ahmed, but even if A-Chain's active, I love Devin A-Chain. I think it's going to be a while until he's start worthy and I think at the end of the season he might be a league winner right with his speed with his pass catching prowess in what should be a elite offense but right now it's just just no bueno before we move on to the next game and the rest of the games here for the running back position I would like to give you guys a quick word for our friends our sponsor over at underdog fantasy Underdog Fantasy is the best place to play Pick'em in the NFL in the whole entire universe. And Underdog Fantasy has a great offer for you. Whether you are new to Underdog Fantasy or not, you can take advantage of this. They have on Thursday Night Football Giants at the 49ers. Daniel Jones higher than half of a total yard. As long as he gets half of a total yard, which is just one yard, right? Very simple. And then you can mix that with any other Pick'em selection here. So right now, all they got up for Thursday Night Football, I'm recording this on. Monday night, so not everything is out yet. We can go with higher Brock Purdy than 229 and a half passing yards. If those two hit, you will get three times your entry fee. If you want to add some more pieces to this, pick'em. If you add three pieces, it's six times, four is 10 times, and five is 20 times your entry fee. If you are new to underdog fantasy and you are in one of these states that are on your screen right now, use promo code Notorious for a first match deposit bonus of up to $100. If you deposit $100, they will give you an additional $100. If you do 50, additional 50, 25, additional 25. Minimum deposit on Underdog Fantasy is $10. If you have a gambling problem, please make sure that you call 1 800 Gambler. Back on into things here. We move to the Los Angeles Rodgers. That sounds like Aaron Rodgers. The Los Angeles Chargers, 0 oh 2. 0 oh 2 at the Minnesota Vikings. Cold lock, like Minnesota. Now the Chargers need to fire daily. They need to ship that guy to fucking, you know how like in the NBA they say, fucking you're going to China buddy, that's where they need to send Staley, send him to the XFL the CFL, ship him over the fucking border to the lads in Canada, eh? Right? We don't need we don't need Staley, Staley is a fucking disaster, this guy's an idiot, a buffoon, a stooge, stooge Madison Alec Xander Matyson I expected you to be Alexander the Great. Now, not as short as him, a little taller. He looked so good in years past when he was given the opportunity, when Dalvin Cook was hurt, to be the guy, and he was balling out of control. But this year, Alexander Madison looks not how I thought he would at all. Now, you might be able to excuse tough run matchups for the Vikings both games. Bucks defense looked good against the run. The offensive line, kind of bad. Week two, the Eagles were locking them up. Look, this is your last chance. You ever watch those videos? Like, I get them on TikTok. It's like 3 in the morning. I can't sleep. And it's like some bald guy, like fucking Austin Eckler, telling you to fucking, your time is now. If you wanted to do this, get up. Start going to the gym. This, that, and the other thing, right? That's what I need someone to tell Alexander Madison. Now, I know Alexander Madison got a lot of shit thrown at him on Instagram or Twitter, one or the other. Look, if you drafted Alexander Madison and you're mad that he's performing not too well, don't DM the guy or tweet at him, you suck, you cocksucker, this, that, and the other thing, because at the end of the day, that doesn't do anything. This is a real guy. And again, I'm not preaching to you guys saying that you guys do this. I know you don't. You guys are smart, nice guys or gals, right? But people do it, and it sucks. It really does for these players. Again, I liked Alexander Madison. I might've been wrong. The Chargers defense doesn't look that good, though. Uh, they kind of sparked up a little bit in Week 2. But if Madison was ever going to have a game, better be this week, baby. Alec, Xander, is on his start. But again, feels gross. Don't want to do it. But again, the running back landscape right now with these injuries of Saquon and Eckler, who's in this game. It's gross out here. It he really, J.K. Dobbins, it's fucking disgusting. Eckler, ankle injury, misses Week 2. Seems like, oh, maybe he'll play. Without a timeline for a turn. Without a timeline for return. When I read that, my balls shriveled up into my body like I entered into a cold shower. I was like, oh my gosh. I'm an Austin Eckler guy. So are most people. Most people like Austin Eckler. Very likable guy. He's a fantasy guy too. He wants to win you a fantasy championship. No timetable or without timetable to return. Sounds like bad news bears. Now, he's not in the IR yet, so we don't need to fully panic. But Jesus Christ, man. Joshua Kelly... I felt so strong on Joshua Kelly. It was so obvious. Week one, him and Eckler, they tag-teamed. Eiffel towered the Dolphins' defense. There's no reason why Joshua Kelly can't perform. And then before the games, I started reading stuff on Twitter like, hey, without Eckler, like, Joshua Kelly really hasn't been that good. I was like, ah, brush it off. No harm, no foul. He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. He looked good in week one. How could he look bad? And he gets all the carries, and he sucks. He sucks. It appears he's only good when Eckler goes out there and softens up the defense, right? When Eckler has four dudes trying to tackle him, and even though he's a little short, bald bastard looking like Mr. Clean, he moseys his way on into the end zone, right? Once the defense has gotten beaten and battered all game long, then Kelly could play cleanup. But without Eckler, Kelly is fucked. So uh, don't don't be playing Joshua Kelly. Hi, Chandler. It feels like if Madison has another bad game... He's getting sent to the XFL, and Ty Chandler is going to be the lead back there. So if you have Madison, you might want to scoop up Chandler. Next up, we move to the New England Deflatriots at the New York Jets. Now, I talked about this in the defense video. All those Patriots fans, fucking yap, 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 yap. The Patriots are going to beat the Dolphins. Two of them might be 4-0, but this time's different. This, that, and the other thing. Let me suck Mac Jones off. What happened, pals and ladies? All these people on Twitter. Yep, yep, yep. All bark no bite, the New England Patriots. Bill Belichick without Tom Brady is fraudulent. Now again, some of what I say here is a joke. On the more serious point here, again, it was awesome that the Dolphins beat him five and zero to a tongue of Iloa against Bill Belichick. He owns them. Ramondre Stevenson, the Jets defense looked awesome. All right, against the run last week, like Pollard was getting bottled up in the red zone, but Pollard's not really a big back, anyways. Like Stevenson's much bigger, much wider than him. Uh, Stevenson again, the Jets defense is this like a wet dream? Am I ejaculating just having a like in my bed? I put Stevenson in my lineup, but I just prematurely ejaculate. No, no, because this isn't that wet dream of a match. But he's so good. Ramondre is nice with it that you're gonna start him. Zeke, I hope. And I pray to the football gods that they figure out that, hey, Hey, Bill O'Brien, why are you giving the rock to Zeke at all? Why is Zeke getting the ball? In week one, he was way more prevalent. Like, it's like a crucial situation, and fat-ass Ezekiel Elliott is getting the rock instead of Stevenson. Not as much in week two against the Dolphins, but I knew when Zeke got the ball against the Dolphins, I was like, yes! Because if they gave it to Stevenson, that Dolphins defense against the run, a little suspect, like, Stevenson kind of trucked us fucking sent us in the Middle Earth, but uh, Zeke, he's not doing that. Ramondre against the Jumbo Jets again. Not a great matchup, but you're starting him. Brees Hall. Now, I'm about to get really mad. You might want to turn your volume down. Now, again, Brees Hall in week one. Limited touches. He's touching the Bills defense in their no-no square. Limited touches. And it works. Dalvin Cook plays okay. Week one. Week two, Dalvin Cook looks like shit. Terrible. So bad. And Brees Hall gets not one, not two, not three, but four carries. Robert Sala, you Xerces from 300 looking bastard. Give Brees Hall the ball. All rhymes with ball. Give him the rock. Brees Hall, after the game, tweets out four football emojis. You want to know why? He's got four fucking carries. Four carries. not again, we want to preserve Brees Hall. Brees Hall just went 12 inches deep into the Bills' defense with like four carries. There's more than four carries, but you get what I mean. Limited work. Just give him 10 carries. I get the Cowboys' defense is good. But Sala, if you want to win, I know I'm not some football guru mastermind, right? I'm no Mike McDaniel, but what are we doing? What are we doing? Give the ball to Brees Hall. You don't want the ball in Zach Wilson, the interception machine. Zach, turn the ball over. You don't want him to get the ball a million times. Just fucking run it. It's not that fucking complicated, man. Sorry for cursing so much, but it's so frustrating. And I told everyone to start to Brees Hall. I started Brees Hall and I lost because of it. So I do take my own advice. That's something that some people just don't think I do. I take my own advice. What an idiot I was, though. Brees Hall, you better get some carries this week. That was annoying. Sit Dalvin Cook down. He, he looks so bad. <laughs> They really overpaid that man. Next up, we got the Buffalo Bills at the left hands up. Who are we? The Commanders. Brian Robinson got shot, and he's still breathing. What a guy. What a story. What a story this man is. He's a guy very easy to root for. Now, again, I get that entering into the season, Brian Robinson, Gibson, it was up in the air. I was all over Gibson. Pause. Then I kind of jumped ship onto Brian Robinson. Two tugs last week. Shout out to Deshaun Watson. Don't actually shout out to Deshaun Watson, but two tugs that reminds me of Deshaun Watson. Last week, in an amazing game. Amazing performance. Ranked as the running back one. And in week one, he also looked good. Back-to-back, good games. Eric Bieniemy really figured the shit out. Now, the Chiefs have been struggling without Bieniemy. The Commanders are just Sam Howe. They're percolating. That offense is firing at all cylinders. They're in fucking super sane mode. E. robs looking good. Bill's defense, is this like some frightening defense? No, but they're also not like a pushover, right? It's not like you're going up against the Raiders or something, right? You're not going up against some garbage can of a defense. Uh, James Cook, stardom over 100 yards last week. Looks really legit. Problem is, uh, once he's on the goal line, he's not too legit to quit because they just give it to either Latavius Murray or Damian Harris because Damian Harris and Latavius Murray both got a touchdown last week. One of them might be even useful this week, scored a touchdown, but you're not going to be able to figure out which one it's going to be. So don't start either Damian Harris or Latavius Murray. Again, over 100 yards, get some receptions, James Cook, so he looks good. His touchdown upside, though, he needs to just run one in from like 20 yards out to get it. It's so on the goal line, it's going to Latavius, Damian, or Josh Allen's going to jump on in himself. It sucks, sure. But this Bills offense really bounced back. Everyone kind of thought they would, right? Soft serve matchup against the Raiders. Commanders defense looks all right, but I think James Cook has another solid game. Antonio Gibbison, how the mighty have fallen. Uh, Week one, piss poor performance. Week two, they give him the rock some more, but he didn't look great. I don't think Antonio Gibson's like a cut candidate, but... If he keeps performing like this like a week from now, I'm going to cut him. Next up, we got the Carolina Panthers at the Seattle Seahawks. The Panthers game burned my eyes. It, it was so bad. It was so bad. I think I would have rather watched my whole family get a William Wallace-esque death than watch the Panthers again. That's a joke. But man, oh man, that was terrible. Oh, jeez. Uh, Miles Sanders didn't look good. Didn't look good at all. Against the Saints, but maybe that Saints defense is sneaky good. Hubbard also eating into Sanders' receiving value, which I said he would in the offseason. Now week one, that wasn't the case. Sanders looked good. Maybe the Saints defense is legit. The Seahawks defense, it doesn't look great. So I'm giving Miles Sanders another chance, another shot at things. But again, I wasn't high on Miles Sanders in the offseason. So have I been surprised by his performance? No. And Frank Reich, Jesus, uh, like I, I, Frank Reich just. He's just not it. Uh, Kenneth Walker III, terrible week one, amazing week two. This is why we don't panic off of week one in fantasy football, right? One down week, the Seahawks get pancaked by the Rams. They're getting uh, shot in the back of the head like Lenny when he's tending to the Wabbits and a Mice and Men. Kenneth Walker, bounce back season here. Again, I'm a Zach Charbonnet truther. I think if Walker, if Kenneth Walker was to get whacked, was to go down, knock on wood, we don't for injuries, then Charbonnet would be good. But just like with Tank Bigsby, it doesn't feel like Charbonnet is really cutting into that role like I thought he would. Kenneth Walker must start weekly. Charbonnet, maybe one day he gets a bigger piece of the pie, but right now he's a sit. Chuba Hubbard, uh, just a handcuff for Sanders. going to catch some passes, but you're never really going to want to start him again. The Panthers are just, just not that good. Next up, we got the Dallas Cowboys, the Cowgirls at... The Arizona Cardinals. Cowboys are going to be 3-0. Going to be 3-0. I know the Cardinals offense, really solid. Like, Joshua Dobbs looked really good against the Giants. They lose that game, though. The Cowboys have an amazing defense. Dak doesn't really... Hasn't had to do anything in the first two games. Like, he literally could have closed his eyes and just handed the ball off a million times. They probably would have won. He could have fucking uh, showed up off a bottle of Henny and balled out, right? It just really hasn't been difficult and they get another pushover spot here. Tony Pollard, again, not necessarily the red zone back. They don't really have a red zone back, though, because none of their back, like Deuce Vaughn, is uh, he he needs one of those little step stools to brush his teeth in the morning. So Rico Dowdle, not the biggest back either. They cut Ronald Jones, that fat bastard. So there's really no one to really even vulture Pollard on the goal line. He's not going to get all the goal line carries. He's not the best on the goal line, but again, you don't need to be the best on the goal line when you're going up against the Arizona Cardinals. Against the Jets, you do. Against the Jets, yeah, you got to be good on the goal line running the Rock. But against the Cardinals, I could go in there and run for 100 yards. Obviously, I can't, but you get the point, right? TP, Tony Pollard going to wipe his ass with the Cardinals defense. Must start, obviously, top five, maybe even RB1 on the week. James Conner, it always feels gross, right, because the Cardinals are just a gross team without Kyler Murray. Their head coach looks like a buffoon, but he actually seems like a pretty decent head coach, if I'm being honest with you. Again, might feel disgusting to start him. You know, it's like when you leave the bar with a chick you know you're a little banged up you stick it in there you know it, it's a it's a wet and, and wild ride it's very fun you know ends up good right had a good one you know you wake up in the morning it, you know maybe it doesn't look the best in the morning but you know at, at night it, it was fun that, that's the starting james Connor's like it's fun during it right like like halfway through the game you're like oh thank god i started james connor but uh when you go to when you go to start james connor feels disgusting really does. Rico Dowdle, sit him. Ingram, sit em. Next game here, we got the Chicago Bears at the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, the Bears might just be notoriously bad this season. The Bears are so bad. The offense, eh, the defense, eh. special teams. I don't even know how good the special teams is, but I'm gonna give them a eh, thumbs down too. Fuck them. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't like Isaiah Pacheco. The the matchup is so good, though. I don't want to play him. I don't. Like, we're going to see C-E-H Dynamite. We're going to see Jarek McKinnon. But Pacheco's going to get some touches. The Bears' defense is so bad that, like, Pacheco could end up being decent. But, again, do you want to start him? No. But if you had to, there's worse options. Will Herbert, dude, this team sucks so bad. This offense is so bad. I don't know what happened. They get DJ more, the offensive line is more improved, and they're bad, and they're bad, bad, bad. They're so bad. They're laughably bad. At the beginning of last season, they sucked. They were terrible, and then they figured it out. But they already figured it out the end of last season. Why is it so hard? Why are we having, I think I read, through two games, they've had, like, three or less designed runs for Justin Fields. Why? Why? Will Herbert right now, I think he's good, but you can't play him. Roshan Johnson kind of looks better than Cole Herbert. But again, the Bears offense, you can smell them through the screen. They're that bad. Sit them. Sit them down. Next up, we got the Steelers at the Las Vegas Raiders on Sunday Night Football. Two doubleheaders on Monday last week that stuck. They were bad. (laughs) That was bad. Bad. Thursday Night Football, Giants 49ers. Sunday Night Football. Steelers on primetime again. Versus Jimmy G-Spot, Jimmy Gooop, and the Raiders. Are you kidding me? <laughs> so bad. So bad. Now, maybe the Monday Night Football doubleheader will fix this, but uh, not looking great. Uh, Najee is terrible. Now, my thought process on Najee Harris in the offseason was that I didn't like him. But uh, Matt Canada, as well as Mike Tomlin, they're too soft to bench him. They're going to keep running him. This is a great matchup against the Raiders. He sucks, though. Do I want to play him? No. But if you had to, go ahead. If they stop being such scaredy cats and give Jalen Warren the rock, Jalen Warren's going to be fantastic. But I just don't think they're, they're hard enough to do it. Uh, Josh, Josh Jacobs of the Raiders uh, hasn't been great the first two games. Maybe missing training camp for a while had, uh, has to do with this. But I still think he's one of the better running backs in the league. We saw Nick Chubb was looking good, sadly, before he got hurt. Actually, good that he looked good before he got hurt, but that sucked that he got hurt. And then they brought in Jerome Fode, and he looked good. So l- let's see Josh Jacobs' run here. Hopefully, better days ahead for him. Again, Jalen Warren, let's hope he gets the starting job because, man, that would be great for fantasy because Najee Harris sucks. And then Samir White, he's a sit. Next up, we got the first game on Monday Night Football, the Eagles at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Baker versus Jalen Hutts. Now, DeAndre Swift. Nick, you told me to sit Swift. Now, I did tell some people to start him, but I told a lot of people to sit him. Nick, you told me to sit Swift, and, and he went crazy on uh, Thursday Night Football against the Vikings. Explain yourself. Well, I'll explain myself in a very simple way. Without Kenneth Gainwell, I thought they were going to mess this up. They seemed to have zero committal in Week 1 Swift. seemed like they wanted to use Scott. They would have used Penny if he was outside. They used Penny. They used Scott. It was, like, even, even though Swift looked great, it was like, why is anyone else touching the ball? Why? So please, Nick Sirianni, for the love of all that is good, feed this man the rock. I'm scared, though, that if Kenneth Gainwell plays, that Swift's getting thrown into the cuck chair. I really am. Now, again, doesn't make any logical sense with how Walker, or not Walker, with how Gainwell looked week one and how Swift looked week two. It's night and day. Two polar opposite. But it wouldn't surprise me if Sirianni, on a power trip, fucks us over with Swift. But again, he looks so good in Week 2 that I'm not sitting him. I'm just not sitting him, even if game well plays. Rashad with 2A is white. Not the best Week 1. Looked good in Week 2. I don't love this matchup against the Eagles, but it could be a higher-scoring game. Bakers look good. I think we're in for a Baker down game where Baker just looks atrocious like Stevie Wonder out there trying to throw the rock. But he's proved to us so far that he, he's been good, so I don't want to really just uh, dump all over him. So Rashad White, he's a fine start here. Uh, Boston Scott, they might use Penny, might use Gainwell as well. Let's hope it's Swift. Hope it's Swift. Sean Tucker, honestly, I thought Tucker would get more work, but he just hasn't, and White's looked pretty decent. Uh, final game here. Super Bowl rematch, the Rams versus the Bengals from two years ago in Cincinnati. Joe Heisty, I called him Joe Heisty earlier. I was reading that on Twitter. I thought that was funny. Streets are calling him that because he stole all that money. Brock Osweiler, well, Osweiler, Brock Osweiler, Brock Osweiler style from the Bengals. Um, he might not play. That's not great. I think he will play. But uh, the fact that he re-aggravated his injury uh, doesn't look great. Uh, not, not the best. But Kyron Williams looks downright incredible. Two top 10 games in a row. He is everything that I thought Cam Akers would be. Everything. Akers looked so good at the end of last season. Kyron Williams didn't look great. Akers was the workhorse. And now Akers is probably going to get stra- scratched again. Unless he gets traded. It's like the definition of insanity. History repeats itself. Kind of like Akers going into last year. I really liked Akers going into this year. Because of his discount. He looked good at the end of last season. And it's the same shit. He's getting scratched. He's getting traded. What the... F- so frustrating. So frustrating. Now I don't want to scream here. Have like a fucking spaz attack. Sound like an insane person here. Like Tim Andercust. But uh, Kyron Williams... Got to start him. Bengals defense not looking the best. Joe Mixon looked good in week two. Looked all right, I guess. Uh, just needs the offense to actually do something. Hopefully Burrow can play for Mixon's sake. Bengals offense, like T T Higgins went crazy, but I mean Jamar Mixon kind of been disappointing. Travion Williams, the backup for Mixon, is a sit. And then the Rams probably going to go with Rolls Royce Freeman and Ronnie Rivers. Ronnie Rivers sounds like a uh, dude who's on the hub. So yeah, uh Travion Williams, Ronnie Rivers, they are sits. So thank you guys all so much for watching. If you did end up enjoying today's video, it's a bit of a longer one. We went on a couple of tangents. It is what it is. If you had a fun time, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button down below. I really do appreciate you guys. Love you guys all so much. Check out one of the videos on your screen right now if you haven't seen them already. I'll see you guys later with the wide receiver start sits. Have a great one. And as a, and as always, hit that like, hit that subscribe subscribe, subscribe subscribe button today, junior. Love you guys as always. Good boy.